Peace be with you, and good morning, LCU. Um, I am the uh, provost of the university, and uh, for most of you, that means I'm just some old guy that uh, presides over opening chapel and presides over your commencement ceremony and graduation. And so I really appreciate Josh asking me to speak because it gives me a moment to interact with students in, in ways that I don't usually get to. So we're going to go uh, do a little of, uh, a little bit of memory lane for Dr. G and some history lessons for you guys today. 1984 uh, was my sophomore year in college. Uh, so where are my sophomores at in here? I was like you once. It's hard to believe. Uh, and so I just want us to see, think about 1984 versus 2024, and then I'm going to have a few observations. Uh, the first thing is that this beautiful automobile was the best-selling car in 1984. Uh, it was a Chevy Cavalier, and you could get it fully loaded with air conditioning and a radio. Yeah, I know, for $11,000. Um, a lot has changed in automobiles in 40 years. Oh, and then there was technology, y'all. So on your left, that's what a telephone looked like in 1984. A lot of homes still had the rotary where you had to, like, dial numbers. Uh, newer homes were getting these push-button phones. About 10 years earlier, the first cell phone was invented. But in 1984, a cell phone weighed about 5 pounds. It's like this big. Think about a bag of sugar. And the battery that went with it fit in a briefcase. And they were incredibly expensive. Nobody had a cell phone. A lot has changed in telecommunications. In fact, you'll notice there's a wire coming out the back of that telephone because it had to be plugged into a line that was dedicated for telecommunications. On the right is a brand new 1984 IBM personal computer. You'll notice the screen is black and there's some white writing on the screen. That's because this was a DOS machine. Anybody know what DOS, DOS, stands for? Disk Operating System. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Rogers. That's because um, it had so little memory that if you wanted to work on a paper, you had to take out a floppy disk, and it would fit in that slot on the right side of the base. And you would actually boot up the program off of that disk, do your work, take that disk out, put in a memory disk to save your document. You also notice there's no mouse there. A lot has changed. A lot has changed in technology. And then there was music. There were no Swifties in 1984. <laughs> no, we, we, were, we were stuck with bands like Van Halen, Bruce Springsteen, Foreigner. These were the top songs in pop rock 1984. I, know what, I want to know what love is. Any of you ever heard that song before, Foreigner? Thank God that we can still listen to good music today. And then there was fashion. What the young women are wearing there is something called a jumper or a jumpsuit. I'm not going to ask any of our older faculty members if they had one of those. You'll also notice the side ponytail on one of the models. And on the far right, we have the young lady who has red hair. She has a permanent wave, has her hair permed. 
And I literally, y'all, the guy in the middle on the left, I had a suit just like that. Not even, not even going to lie. And let's talk about hairstyles in 1984. I mean, the mullet was king, y'all. Business in the front, party in the back, amen. And then you have the 80s big hair. Look, look at that mane, y'all. And in case any of you were wondering, I know, right? It's amazing what 60 pounds and 40 years will do to somebody. So 1984 to 2024, 40 years, a lot of things have changed. I'm going to share a passage with you, and I want you to think about how things change over time and how important that is. So this is a weird passage of scripture to share in a, in a chapel talk. In fact, for people in my generation, we look at this passage out of the book of Hebrews and we go, whoo, I used to get beat over the head with this. Our adult, adults in our lives use it as a stick. You better go to church. Not really understanding the context of the passage. You see, this was written 35, 40 years after Pentecost. And a lot had changed from Pentecost to the writing of Hebrews. When the church was first born on that Pentecost Christianity was viewed as being a sect of Judaism. And because of that, the Roman government viewed Christians kind of like they viewed Jews. And they got to have a lot of the the same benefits and freedoms that Jews enjoyed. In fact, from a social perspective and from a political perspective, it was pretty easy to be a Christian. It cost you something with your family. But in the greater society, it wasn't very costly. Fast forward 35 or 40 years, and things have changed a lot. We're in the persecution of Nero. No longer are Christians enjoying those same freedoms that the Jews have. They're actively being suppressed. Man, and there are a lot of Jewish Christians who are thinking to themselves, man, wouldn't it be a lot better for me? Wouldn't my life be a lot easier? Wouldn't my business be better? Wouldn't I fit in better culturally? Wouldn't things be better if I just gave up on Jesus? And so you have a passage like this. They have a passage like this that says, hey, you you guys need to lean into each other. Not to lean away from Jesus, but lean into each other. Draw yourselves closer to community so that you won't be tempted to give up on Jesus. Well, just like in that first century, a lot of things changed over 40 years. We've experienced a lot of change in 40 years in the way Christianity is viewed in the public domain. Barna, which is a wonderful organization, they have been tracking American religiosity since 1970. And in 1984, about 90% of Americans said that they were Christian. 
It was easy socially, and it was easy politically to be a Christian in 1984. If you went to the right church, if you had the right church friends, boy, you could really get ahead with your business or your career. There was no one in politics saying that Christians were an existential threat to democracy. Well, now, only about 64% of people surveyed in America say that they're Christian. And Barna says by the year 2040, not 2040, by the year 2070, we'll be down to about 40% of our population claiming to be a Christian of any stripe. And we have politicians now in this country that are saying things like, boy, Christians represent a threat to our democracy. There are some communities in this country where School boards are saying that Christians are unfit to be public school teachers. Or they're unfit to be foster parents. For you guys, for you guys, it's going to be costly to be a Christian, socially and politically. And some of us may begin to wonder, some of us may begin to wonder, wouldn't my life be a lot easier if I gave up on this Jesus guy. And so we need passages like this in the book of Hebrews that tells us to draw closer to one another because, friends, Jesus was who he said he was. Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died for my sins and for yours. He was buried. God raised him from the dead on the third day, He was seen by many witnesses. He was taken up into heaven and he is sitting right now on a throne next to God. He was who he said he was. He is faithful to do what he said he's going to do. And he is worth it. So as you think about how maybe your life would be easier if you just gave up on this Jesus guy. Remember these words. He is worth it. Go in peace. You are dismissed.